Chelsea. And this is Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch very special episodes of TV from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Yeah, today we are going to watch our very first episode of Thundercats. The episode title is The Garden of Delights. The original air date, September 19th, 1985. This is season one, episode nine of Thundercats, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime Video for $1.99. It was written by Barney Cohen and Jules Bass, who is credited as Julian P. Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> uh, which brings us right into uh, a very special edition of You Wrote What? Special edition. Y'all wrote what? Yeah. So we're talking about two two writers. So both writers. We're going to do one for each of them. Now, Jules Bass or Barry P. Gardenson, whatever he's calling himself. <laughs> Jules Bass uh, was one of the writers on The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, oh, yeah. if you remember, because we point that out, that he wrote this episode on that episode that we did. Yep. But more importantly, Chelsea, in this edition of Y'all Wrote What, uh, Barney Cohen, the other writer, wrote the script for The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington. Well, that title hadn't aged well. <laughs> Not at all. Well, it's happy. Um, there's a lot, lot wrong. Number one, I guess this is a series of kind of Skinamax looking things. It's just not great. Uh, so here's what I did is I got the, I got the synopsis, which is this. The world's most famous madam is called to Washington to testify before Congress. And I feel like that didn't really tell us enough. So I picked one of the goofs in the goof section and here it is. During the congressional hearing, Senator Rawlings bangs his gavel and accidentally breaks a drinking glass, spilling water on his desk. Seconds later, the unbroken glass can be seen. <laughs> I like that somebody cool. gave a shit enough to, like, I gotta get on IMDb right now. I have just noticed on my 50th viewing of The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington, Senator <laughs> Rawlings' glass has magically reappeared. Ugh. Cool so that's story, y'all bro. wrote what? <laughs> Do you y'all wrote what wrote special edition? What? Boop, 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 boop. Y'all right, what? Let me tell you about today's snack. Yes, please. I've been working on these for a while, but this is my last one of this enormous box. Hello, Panda. Of Hello Panda snacks. My last what bag. What are they? They are, um, they're these little cookies filled with chocolate creme. They're these little, oh. these little guys. They're Asian. They're um, little pictures. You get them at the Asian market. pictures of pandas on them? Huh? Do they have little pictures of panda on each cookie? They do. Printed in chocolate, I guess. Chocolate ink. Very cute. Um, they come in a bunch of different flavors, English. but um, I like them. And this is, I've been eating uh, them out of this huge box that I found um, from the Asian market that we went to in Koreatown. And sure. this is my last one. My last oh, Hello Panda packet. So I guess it's... Goodbye, Panda. <laughs> Goodbye, Panda. What about you? Uh, still just drinking some, some Diet Coke and water. If you'd like, I could chew on some dry spaghetti. There you go. Yay. ASMR. I realized uh, that... <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound... 
hey, I want something that sounds sexy, like those aliens from Mars Attacks. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I I don't have anything still. I have been thinking about I've got an abundance of oats and peanut butter, mm-hmm. and I think I've got some honey somewhere, you and you can make little peanut butter oat bars. There you go. So might do that. Yeah. Might do that. I'm getting tired of Jan sporting the entire snack situation during this time of plague. Oh, sorry about that, buddy. Uh, it turns out there's a fucking plague. I don't know what you want me to do. Hey, Andy, why are you in the hospital with coronavirus? Uh, I had to pull my weight in snack hour. Oh, okay. Well, let's get you to ICU right away. Thanks. Let's they're talk moving about... me to ICU. No, they're, no, hold on. They're moving me to ICU because it's such an important reason that I got the disease. Right. They're like, oh, shit. Let's move him to the celebrity ward. Get out of here, celebrities. Get out of here, Johnny Dakota. End of play. <laughs> End of play. Uh, Thundercats. Let's talk about Thundercats. It is an animated series. Ran from 1985 to 1989. 130 episodes over four seasons. Season one has 65 episodes in it. It's one of those. Um, the original Thundercats show was animated in Japan by Pacific Animation Corporation, but it was produced, written, and voice acted in the United States. It was co-produced mm-hmm. by Rankin Bass. Um, Rankin Bass plus Pacific Animation Corporation is the same whole team that brought you the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Rankin Bass brought you the rest of those Christmas specials in that vein. I don't know if they if it was all Pacific Animation Corporation, but don't know. Um, that so this is the same team that brought us uh, the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, Andy's new favorite sure. Christmas tradition. Uh-huh, um, absolutely. Thundercats follows the adventures of a group of cat-like humanoid aliens from the planet Thundera. When the dying planet meets its end, the group has to flee their homeland, and while leaving in their Thunder Fleet, the Thundercats are attacked by the mutants of Plundar, who destroy their starships, and they can't reach their intended destination, so they end up on Third Earth where they become friendly with the natives of Third Earth who help the cats when their antagonists, the mutants, find them and attack them, which happens in some way in almost every episode. Are there action figures? Of course there are. And some comic books. um, And a reboot. (sighs) So, yeah, that's Thundercats. I didn't really watch this as a kid, so this is all new to me. I did. Which is how I knew before I even watched that these characters are a little too sexy. Like a little too sexy. Yeah, there have been a lot it's... of Thundercats memes circulating since Tiger King oh, became yeah, the most right. popular thing on Netflix. And I feel like it's less impressive, but if we wanted to make a second shirt, we could definitely do Y'all Fuck Tiger King. <laughs> because there's a 2% chance you have. I mean, just, did he, did he, this is my favorite part of Tiger King, where he talks about how he got his second husband by asking him if he likes porn. The guy's like, yeah. He's like, well, do you like, does the porn you watch have penises in it? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, I guess you're pretty much gay then. Point of order. And it works. Point of order, that is his third husband because he had a husband before the show started. So he's had a total of five. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Y'all fuck Dracula, question mark. Question. Y'all fuck Tiger King, period. <laughs> <laughs> because you did. You did. Someone, you did. there's a non-zero percent part of the population that has. 
Just to just to clear, yeah, so the Tiger King thing with the people who are way too into tigers and draw like you throw around the words sexy and relationship and loving and things like that in regard to big cats. That's you know, those people probably got started on this show. This show probably awakened something in those people. Right. There's definitely overlap too between Thundercats and um those people that write the fanfic about uh He Man's Cat. Yep. So because they got tired of writing Thundercats <laughs> fanfic. Right. Well, yeah, let's branch out. So the theme song tells us that Thundercats are loose, and also shows us that Thundercats are acrobats, and uh-huh. sets up nothing about the mythology. Not like the He-Man theme song where it's like, oh, here's everything no. you need to know to understand He-Man. Th- the Thundercats theme song is just like, hey, they're loose. Hope you read up on are Wikipedia. On the move. Thundercats are on the move. Thundercats are loose. Thunder, 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 thundercats. Yeah, no, it's pretty much who let them thundercats out. (laughs) So in this episode, which uh, we can assume based on what I read on Wikipedia, takes place on third earth. The first thing we get is an earthquake and two thundercats named Panthro and Tigra or Tigra? Tigra. Tigra. Um, Hold on. You've already... Look. (sighs) I don't. I. I. I want to resist the temptation to pick apart the minutia of this episode, but it's very important that we mention this episode starts with a snake bird feeding its snake bird babies a giant red flower. And I've written on my notes, not for the last time. Are we already on drugs? Because <laughs> this is crazy. The, the imagery in this is madness. I guess that's what we get of the ordinary world, right? This weird snake snake bird. So we get an earthquake after we see the snake bird, and then Panthro and Tigra, Tigra, I can't ever remember. Tigra. I think it's Tigra. Panthro and Tigra are sitting at a real men-at-arms type setup. There's a control (laughs) booth inside their fortress. They're like, whoa. Panther's like, what's with this earthquake? And Tigra says, it's more like a bunch of little quakes than one big one. I better go out and check on things. And as soon as he's outside his giant cat-shaped fortress, the earth opens up beneath him and he falls (laughs) into a crack. He looks up at the fortress, which is shaped like a cat, and he goes, looking good. And then the earth swallows him up. It's fucking fantastic. But he is able to climb out, uh, luckily. And so yep. he's he's walking along and he encounters a big mound and says, now that's strange. And then there's a real tremor style sequence in which a giant caterpillar thing bursts forth from the ground and he has to try to fight it off. But then it drags him into a cavern underground, but then it departs without eating or harming him. So there's a Again, lo- are we on drugs <laughs> <laughs> in this episode? So... What happened? What has happened now <laughs> is we are, that we are we are thirty seconds into this episode. <laughs> by the way, we ain't waiting around for nobody to catch up to what's happened with worms and crevasses <laughs> no. and things like that. Nah, this caterpillar wants Tigra to follow him, and so he. Yeah? I think that's what we're to assume because. He bursts out of the ground and you're like, oh no, he's going to eat him. And then he drags him underground and then he's just gone. And he's left this trail of slime, but he's not eaten him or messed with him in any way. So now Tigra's underground, just walking nonchalantly through some underground tunnels in no hurry. Sort of like not worried. Well, here's the two things. Number one, Tigra whips whips the worm, which is a drug term, I'm sure. Yo, go whip that worm tonight. 
No, man, I got a drug test tomorrow. Come on. <laughs> uh, here, if you drink cranberry juice, it gets all the worm whip out of you. <laughs> anyway, so Tigra whips the worm, and his whip gets stuck on the worm, and that's when the worm drags him underground. So that might be an accident. Then you're right. He just, the action music is fucking jamming, and he's like <laughs> laying on the ground and stands up and starts leisurely walking, and the action music is fucking thumping. <laughs> And he's like, I'm just going to walk after the slime trail. Yeah, I'm not going to try to get out of here. I'm not terrified. I'm just going to wonder. And then he encounters two mole men. And instead of just asking him straight out if he knows about the quakes, the mole men (laughs) act like they're leaving. And then they dump a ton of dirt on him so they can tie him up and then ask him if he knows anything about the earthquakes. They leave saying, got to burrow, got to burrow, got to burrow, we got to burrow. And I was like, all right, I mean, it's fair. I'm sure if you're a mole, you've got like a hundred words for digging, like the, like the Inuit people have for snow. So the mole people easily get the best of Tiger and they're like, tell us about these earthquakes. And he's like, I, I would ask you about the earthquakes. And then the worm happens again. And that's the end of the mole people for a while. Yeah, the giant Forever. caterpillar Sorry. beast uh, slinks by and the mole men run. And ah, Tiger hides. This feels like a fever dream. <laughs> the mole people are just gone, man. The mole people disappear because the yellow worm comes through, man. So, so then, what I think Lewis Carroll meant by all this was... Right. This is like Lewis Carroll's He-Man episode. Underground, more like Wonderground. High five. Right. So then... Tigra hides, but then as soon as the worm is passed by, he's like, all right, let me keep following the worm. And it's like, are you scared of it or do you want to, do you want to follow it? It's. And what is a worm but an unwinged dragon, Chelsea? So isn't he in fact chasing an unwinged dragon? No, he's not. He's following a glittering slime trail left by a gigantic caterpillar beast. So right. he just so continues then, on his little excursion yeah. and happens he sees upon... A, he sees an opening, yeah. He happens upon an, a little underground garden and he says, m- one of my favorite expressions, what uh-huh. in the cat's-eyed cosmos? Exactly. My favorite thing about this is the music that starts, <laughs> which let me see if I can remember how it goes. Just imagine this repeated a hundred times. Just five million times. It's the goofiest fucking thing in the world. It sounds like somebody somebody making fun of the circus. Yeah, it's like weird circus music when I think what they're going for here is like some sort of psychedelic something. Like they want it to sound trippy, but it just sounds sort of low-rent circus. It does sound Um, low-rent circus. So then we happen upon a sentient plant calling herself Silky. Yep. And she says, welcome to the Garden of Delights. What is your delight, Tigra? Tigra? I'm never going to remember how to say it. It doesn't. It truly... It... So many things have not mattered in this world. This matters the least. Uh, and all right, Tigra's already, like, fucked up. He's like, I don't know what I'm following the worm. It's like he's acting all hopped up on goofballs. Is he the dumbest or, Thundercat? You can be honest. He's not, though. He's not. He's supposed to be, like, one of the smartest ones. Like, he's Lionel's a, he's clearly the architect the dumb. of Lionel's the thing. the dumbest. No <laughs> doubt about it. 
And then Chitara doesn't have to try very hard, so she's just kind of like, eh, you know, I'll let people figure it out. Then the two kids, then Panthera, and I think Tigra is supposed to be like the smartest. Right, because he's the architect of the big fortress they all live in. But he just, he's. he's oh, it's an, true. He's a ding dong the whole way through this episode. So. Well, that's so, what drugs do, Chelsea. This is all the ordinary world, by the way. We haven't even hit the call to adventure yet. This is all. Wait, the garden isn't 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 is still the ordinary world? Yes, because I mean, it's strange. Actually, it's weird because we leave the ordinary. Um, I take it back. Let me rephrase. Sure. We leave the ordinary world when he falls underground, but we still haven't had a call to adventure. We're in the special yeah, world, but we still haven't. So they're sort of reversed. Um, well, hopefully, so, Silky will provide that call. Don't you worry, Silky says. <sighs> Uh, what's your delight? And, and Tiger's like, I'm looking for this worm that leaves sparkly slime. And, um, y'all seen some slime around here? And she says, oh, more no, of that slime? she says, no, there aren't any, there aren't any worms in this garden. You must be mistaken. Um, and also he hasn't said this, but I think that what, the reason he's looking for the worm is that he thinks that's what's causing the earthquakes. Yeah. No one yeah. ever makes that connection no. because he left... He left to see about some earthquakes, and then he ran into this worm. And then after he got, a worm. Sorry, he's leisurely walking after a worm. Right, and then he's fixated on this worm, and it's like no one ever makes the connection that these two things are related. But I think we are supposed to. So yeah. now we have the call to adventure. Silky tells Tigra, "Your mind is weighted down with problems," and I'm like, "Just the one problem, really, which he's is really is the worm causing the worm. earthquakes." But then he's, she says, you can lose them here. Take this fruit and eat it. Very biblical call to adventure. Um, sure. Seagrip puts up some very weak resistance. We have a, we have like a one sentence long refusal of the call where he's like, I really shouldn't. And then he bites into the fruit and immediately he sprouts leaves. Well, let's stop here then. And let's, let's, let's posit some theories about how deep these writers are going into the mythos uh, behind uh, the garden theme that we have here. First of all, the Garden of Delights reminds us of Hieronymus Bosch's uh, painting, the Garden of Earthly Delights, which is heaven and hell kind of a thing. The garden obviously means Eden, uh, fruit, forbidden fruit, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. How yeah. much do you think that it was just as much as they could remember of those sorts of themes that they threw in here? I will remind you, one person wrote a happy hooker goes to Washington <laughs> script. I I think it's like not intentional at all because it would be so easy to make it make more sense if he is in fact the most intelligent thundercat if a person were like not like oh you're so worried about everything to just be like would you like to be the smartest thundercat in the galaxy knowledge eat from this tree of knowledge like it would be that so easy to carry it through and actually like make it relevant like make it tie in somehow But instead, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't tie. Like this might as, this might as well be some old woman showing up to offer Lord drug, hey, drugs the, to the, a young girl. Give it a second, because this might as well be some old plant <laughs> instead of some old woman. But I think yeah, if you give like Tigra, he's the architect, he's the engineer, he's whatever. He's got to repair headquarters. But he also needs to find out where these earthquakes are coming from so he can stop them. And then he gets here, and the plant's like, hey. You seem like you're overworked. 
why don't you, you know, do this? Why don't you get high instead? Then maybe that's a thing. Yeah. But yeah, the, or the I just Adam can't Eve, figure this out. Oh, eat this fruit. It will increase your focus. It will increase your brain power. Well, whatever, whatever. Sure. Because he says, this what will do is your, anything for you. Silky, the first thing Silky says is, what is your delight? And he's like, oh, I don't. I don't really go in for pleasure. I'm just looking for this worm. You know, it's sort of like, it's like, why even say that? So, um, Tigra eats this gross yellow egg fruit thing and Mm -hmm. he's immediately high as fuck. My favorite thing is the first thing that happens is a bird swoops down and pecks him and Tigra goes, ha ha ha, ouch. (laughs) And then he begins to sprout leaves and it's a whole psychedelic trip. Like he's tripping balls, immediately hallucinating out of his mind it's very lush Classic. garden theme. There's like stuff swirling around in colors it's and colors and Silky's laughing and it's a whole thing. Yeah. And then he's flying. It's a classic, classic fruit induced halus. Yeah. It's a fruit loop. Um, <laughs> it we, truly is. We call that a fruit loop. So he is flying and Silky's encouraging these delusions. He's like, I'm flying. And she's like, yeah, you're flying. And suddenly you're doing co- great on drugs. <laughs> The come down is real hard, though. Um, it's a literal. <laughs> he hallucinates that he's falling because he's been uh-huh. flying in the sky. And now he's falling. And then he wakes up and he has sparkly slime on his hands. And Silky's gone and everything's gone. But yeah, but he's right back to work with the classic fucking line. Slime. Where there's slime, <laughs> there's worm. This is what I know from all my years of zoobiological training. Oh, truly. He sees the worm beast disappearing down the tunnel and follows it. And then he rounds the corner and the worm is gone and Silky is there instead. What the fuck is up with this? Why? And then she says, did the fruit bite you, Tigra? And it's like, why did we need the in-between part? Could we not just Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like. Yeah. We know that the worm and tigra and uh, the worm and silky are connected like surely sure. even children have put that together at this point why could he not have just come out of the drug fueled state and she's standing there and then they have this yeah. exchange so yeah, why not so he's are he is legit shaking like a real hallucifruit junkie <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Halusa fruit makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, he asks for more fruit, and Silky starts to laugh and turns into fucking Mumra. Spoiler yeah, alert for so, this thing that's happened in the first five minutes. So Tigra is already, as we know, happens immediately a hundred thousand percent addicted to this thing that he's had one time, and he he's just like, I just want more. Give me more fruit. I know I have to go look for this worm, but please give me more fruit. And right. also, apparently, in this addiction haze, can't see anything or like is under the spell of the thing because sure. he doesn't notice that suddenly Silky turns into Mumra, who is the he skeletor of this, this series. And, that, and, and this is where I've written down that this is just the exact same plot from that He Man episode. Is just an old woman all over again, or as I call it, just a plant woman. <laughs> just a plant woman. Just yes. a plant woman. <laughs> so, so Mumra is like, you can have all the fruit you want as long as you bring me the Eye of Thundera, which it turns out to be either a stone or a weapon embedded in a stone. It's um, the the weapon is the uh, the sort of omens has in it. 
the Eye of Thundera. Right. Yeah? Yes, yeah. I so think the sword right. is called the Sword of Omens. The little red Thundercat symbol is the Eye of Thundera. So Tigra wanders off in days to go do Mumra's bidding and get this thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Panthro and Wily Cat, who is a child Thundercat... Are cleaning oh, up yeah. quake debris. One of one of two. One of two children. Did we see the other one in this episode? It's not no. in it. It's Wily Cat and then the female twin Wily Kit. Oh, I was gonna say Coyote Cat. Wily Cat and Coyote Cat. <laughs> so Roadrunner Cat? Is that another one? <laughs> so Panther and Wily Cat are cleaning up Quake Debris in their sort of like panzer thing it's that like they have. It's like a tractor tank. Um sure. Tigra wanders past them, mumbling, and then Panther and Wily Cat fall into the fault line because they're bad at cleaning up, apparently. Yeah. Um, but then they discover they, the underground caverns. They were caverns. up trees, and they're just like, bah! And they into fall into the gigantic crevasse, which has been there the entire time. Um, but then they discover the underground caverns, and they call up to Chitara and Lion-O to drop them a line. But then they're like, also, after you do that, come down and see this. This is crazy yeah. down here. And so all four of them are down in the underground cavern, marveling at the sparkling slime and that these tunnels seem to go everywhere. Meanwhile, Tigra has tried to steal the uh, Sword of Omens, Eye of Thundera, but can't do it. So I guess the episode's over. Nope. Five minutes later, he's so strung out in a train spotting like scene (laughs) where he's lying in bed, tossing and turning and a tiny kitten is crawling on the ceiling. And then he's like, I guess I can do it now. And, you know, he uses the power of withdrawal to go take the sword. <laughs> yes. He's having nightmares, tossing and turning, probably sweating as much as cats can sweat. And then the other cats get their big tractor panzer thing up from underground. Tigra manages to get hold of the weapon and he's taking it to Mumra, his sworn <laughs> enemy. And then we cut to commercial. So that's where that's we it. are. Everyone's okay. above ground, but now... We are trying now. Tiger is totally under the spell of the juicy fruit, and he has to yep. bring this sword to Mumra. Taste is gonna move you to do evil things. No, I'm, I need us. I need us to to understand what I just. I need us to go back. You said it was juicy fruit, and I said the taste is gonna move you to do evil things. There, that's it. I know we're in two separate parts of this city, and it's difficult to. I just sometimes I'm proud of the stupid shit that I say, and here we are now. Snaps. Thanks, bud. So we missed the handoff because suddenly we're down in Mumra's lair, the yeah. Black Pyramid. The Black Pyramid, yeah. And he has My the dagger. <laughs> he has the dagger and he's by himself and he's talking to himself about it. And he says, it is said that the Eye of Thundera cannot be used for evil purposes, but there must be a way. And as soon as like. he touches the dagger, it shoots out of his hand and embeds itself in a rock. And then it throws up the bat signal, which is like the Thundercats signal <laughs> the projected on the signal. wall. It's Thunderbats projected I, on the I, wall. I, and then he says to the thing, he says to the dagger, what is your secret? Everything has a secret. Nothing is, is without a taint of evil spirit. And I was like, what? Mm. What is this <laughs> taint, dialogue? Taint of evil spirit. They knew. Some things are. Some things are though. Like, well, you're trying to say yeah. nothing is incorruptible, but like, right? This is so strange. And then I write, where is Tigra? Tied up somewhere? You know, he didn't just thank him for this dagger and send him on his way with some more fruit. Here's Surely Tigra's a around bag somewhere. full of juicy fruit. Here's <laughs> my question to Mumra: You ain't got a plan? <laughs> like, you were like, I have to get this sword 
and then you get the sword and you're like, what am I going to do with this? Oh, shit, I'm not, this thing I can't can, really touch it or use it. I can't it. use this. If, if, okay, you can't use it, you, you try to corrupt it, it's incorruptible, fantastic, maybe just keep it so they don't have it. Yeah, so they don't have it. But no, 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 he says the next logical step is if I can't use it, I'll destroy it. But the problem is that he can't even hold it. But then right. he says, I know who can. And I was like, oh, now he's going to get he's gonna get Tiger to come out and do something with it. No, 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 no. Now we have Mumra, the decaying mummy, transform into Mumra, the ever-living. And I was like, dude, if you can look like this, why don't you look like this all the time? Because he's gone from mean? this like desiccated, yeah, no. skinny mummy guy whose wrappings are falling off and he's like emaciated and then he he's jacked suddenly. He's yeah, like he's Mumra the swole. Into <laughs> the swole. And this Mumra is the point the at yolk. which. <laughs> do you even do evil, bro? So, <laughs> so I decided at this point I needed to know more about Mumra because I was oh, so confused. Oh, you did! Confused. Thank goodness. I was I so confused. So I googled him. Um, and yeah. then I went I went to the Mumra uh, Wikipedia page. So during the development of the show, while the creators were looking for various names for the main villain, nothing yeah. sounded evil enough until one of the writers suggested t- they use the term Mumia Ra with two A's, which translates to a bad mummy in Hebrew. In Hebrew. It was shortened oh. to Mumra. So that's where you're, it comes from. You're welcome, Jewish fan base. Right. So Mumra is a demon sorcerer. Uh-huh, he uh-huh. is the source of evil on Third Earth, and he apparently has an unlimited lifespan, but he is bound he is a bound a bound servant to the ancient spirits of evil, mm-hmm. represented by those four statues yeah. in the pyramid of a boar, a crocodile, a vulture, and an ox. They provide him with power and virtual immortality. Um, and then he lives inside the Black Pyramid in the ruins of what happens, what appears to be an ancient Egyptian-type civilization. Sure. And he exists in his weakened form that must return to a stone sarcophagus to replenish his energy. At which point I'm like, Thundercats, you want to destroy that sarcophagus? I think your yeah. problems are over. Um, he can summon the power to transform himself into a more muscular form, the Mamra the Swole. Yeah. Uh, while in this form, he possesses fortification of mystical might, and he can throw energy bolts, cast spells, etc. He can also alter his physical form into a variety of alter egos, as we saw sure. in this episode. But he's seemingly invincible in whatever form he chooses. It's just whatever he decides to look like. Except he has a singular weakness. Seeing his own hideous reflection neutralizes oh, right. his ability to remain outside the Black Pyramid. However, at the beginning of the second season, the ancient spirits of evil overcome this shortcoming. So just in the first season. <laughs> so Ancient Mumra, spirits, I beg of you, seal this plot hole. <laughs> Mumra's, yeah, because then the Thundercats are just wandering around in head-to-toe like mirrors. Mirror, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Mumra's regarded, regarded as immortal, and when defeated, he simply returns to his sarcophagus. He cannot be truly killed. Even in cases when his body is destroyed, he will eventually be restored. Sure. Uh, as he often states, wherever evil exists, Mumra lives. And I was like, so you have... You guys landed on a planet with an undefeatable source of evil that can never be overcome. And you decided to build your fortress and stick around. Hold up. Why don't (laughs) you use all of that engineering and, you know, worm-searching energy 
Just build a fucking rocket. See if you can no, get to they second were like, Earth. Well, we'll never be bored on third Earth, will we? I guess this is what we do now. And I feel like the there was an overarching sort of story where they were trying to get to where the other Thundercats were. But I don't know, man. I might be thinking of the gummy bears equally. <laughs> <laughs> which they would think they would be very different. They are not very different. No, so, gummy berry juice is basically like juicy fruit. Truly. Tigra is in a sarcophagus. Mumra t- turns into Swolra. Um, and he tries to drop the dagger Chadra. into this bubbling purple cauldron. Yeah. But then it doesn't work. And then it mm-hmm. turns out that Tigra has been in a sarcophagus this whole time, just chilling like a zombie. Uh-huh. Mumra lets him out and tries to kill him with the dagger, but the dagger leaps from his hands because it can't be used for evil. And then Mumra says, there will be a way. And he sends Tigra off, Tigra to, to, Tigra, whatever, off to do something. And then we cut to later and Mumra is standing around with his minions going, I totally won. And he doesn't mention the whole, I don't know what to do with this fucking sword thing. Right. <laughs> like, they're like, they, wow. They, pa- they pick up on that real quick, though, because these other bad guys show up, the other mutants, and um, one is named Slythe, one is named Jackalman, and another action figure without, well, looks sure. like a monkey, whose name I couldn't figure out. And Mumra is like, look, I have this, uh, the, sword, the mystic sword of omens. Look, I have this thing now. I got it from the Thundercats. I have it. And, uh, except- Pretty cool, right, mutants? <laughs> Huh? Except prob- problem I have encountered. Uh, the sword does not work for evil folks. And they already know that. He's like, look, I got this sword. And they're like, yeah, but none of us can use that. What are you going to do with that? He's like, shut so up. up. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> shut up. How about shut up, number one? I got the sword. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, isn't there some lady who lives around here? Let's have yeah. her use it. They decide they need a pure warrior spirit. Uh-huh. Uh, so they decide to kidnap this this warrior named Willa and make her do their bidding. Cut to Willa walking through the forest, giving us super Pocahontas realness for days. For real. And there are four voice actors working on this episode. So the woman that voices Willa also voice, voices Chitara and Silky and right. probably some other people. So She was also one of the voices of like the queen in the life and adventures of Santa Claus. Right. Yes, she so was she's going to make Willa that. sound different from these two other people. So <laughs> right? she makes Willa sound like Nell from the movie Nell. Yeah, you're wrong. She, it's real rough. Um, part of me wants to, because there is such like an indigenous people's vibe going on, part of me wants to make it, chalk it up to like English as a second language or something. That's what she's doing and not trying to make this person sound primitive but that's how I it comes across it's I understand not yeah and I don't understand anything that she does in this episode I don't I don't know what she's doing like okay so no the, none of this makes any sense from no, here on out if you thought no. it's been bonkers up to this point buckle up because Guess what? nothing makes sense from here on out you're so, on drugs now listener you're on drugs <laughs> so jackal man one of the mutants, is hiding in a tree as Willa walks by. He throws the dagger at her feet, and when she bends down to pick it up, she is transported to the Black Pyramid and addressed by Mumra. So now she's in the Black Pyramid, and Mumra tells her, apparently they've never met before, he says, you (laughs) hold... He he asks, he's like, have we ever met before? And she's like, no. He's like, check out this magic trick. (laughs) (laughs) So he does some... The Black Pyramid is one of the nicest spots on the Third Earth Strip, to be honest with you. 
So Mumra is like, look at that sword. It's super powerful. You could rule this desolate planet where only seven she, people live and there are worms really inside of it. She knows what it is. No, she yeah, says, that's right. He's like, that's a mystic sword of omens. And she's like, oh, did you get this from Lion-O? Like, what? <laughs> what? I actually watch this show all the time. <laughs> and Mumra says, with that sword and me, you could rule Third Earth. And she's like... I have no desire to be queen. And I'm thinking, no, she doesn't really need you, Mumra. Yeah. Now she She's... could just rule third earth with that sword. It sounds like the sword is what makes her so all powerful. So far. So far. And she's already got that. The other Thundercats have been outdone by a sentient plant, a fruit, <laughs> and a hole in the ground that has bested the Thundercats. This one could rule it in any second. She could kick them out. So he's like, well, pick up that sword, look into it, and the 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 eye of uh, Thundera. What is it? The eye of Thundera. Yeah, eye of the eye of Thundera allows Lionel to see what's going on in different places, and she looks at it and sees Tigra stealing the sword, and she's like, okay. So she sees that, and she's like, I just saw me ruling the universe. And yeah, she like, lies to Mumra. So this right? is this is again, this is so murky. So. She looks at it and she's like, oh, I didn't see anything. And he sets a bunch of lightning. He's like, you can't lie to me. I know you saw something. That's right. The villain gets super upset about somebody lying. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Right, right. He's got a code of ethics. Um, (laughs) So she, what she saw was how he got the sword, which is that Tigress stole it in the past. But what she says is she sees herself as queen of the galaxy. And it's like, she's sort of playing along with Mumra because that's what he wants to hear. The voice acting though, the choice that she's made just makes her sound stupid. So I'm like, did she misinterpret the thing that she saw? Right. She's like, Oh, I bet this is symbolic. Symbolic. I'm like the tiger who's going to steal the universe. And so she says, Ho, and the sword gets bigger. (laughs) So back at Thundercats HQ, a badger cat thing called Snarf Snarf is cleaning up a terrible mess. Apparently this is Tigra's room and Panthro (laughs) comes in and this is how we know something's wrong with Tigra. (laughs) There are pizza boxes all over the place. (laughs) Used (laughs) syringes. Apples that have been hollowed out to smoke out of. Just Mountain Dew. It looks like there are what... Four leaves on the ground. There's a and couple Panther apple comes cores, in and is and like, like, this no. is not like him at all. Something is terribly wrong. He's usually so neat. I should go look for him. And so Panther leaves the fortress to go look for Tigra, who's getting stoned on Juicy Fruit under yeah. a tree. And as soon as they start chatting, the fortress is attacked. And both of them are caught in a web by the yeah. warrior maidens. lion is just standing on the porch of the fortress. Yelling! <laughs> the fortress, <laughs> the fortress porch. I'm sorry, you don't feel like it's a fortress stoop? It leads right up into the fortress foyer. Fortier. It's just, it's, it's the dumbest thing ever because there are like seven, there are like seven people on this whole planet, and they're all here, <laughs> and they're surprised, and. So it's a bunch of arrows shooting ropes that are entangling them, and Panthro's like, I got this, and he pulls out some stupid fucking nunchucks to try to beat up the rope, and then they get captured right away, because that's the dumbest idea. But Andy, can you imagine if, like, you were standing on the street, and someone was shooting ropes at you, 
are like trying to ensnare you in a web of ropes and I was standing a safe distance away screaming we're under attack like you didn't know you're in the middle of it you're like, 10 feet away <laughs> just on the other side of that easily avoidable hole so yeah. then, so then Chitara shows up in the Panzer and it's too late, though, because the, this is the warrior maidens, apparently, that are creating this rope web. And he, uh, Lion-O runs inside to get the Sword of Omens, but then realize, like, he runs back outside. So everyone that lives on the planet is standing in the yard of, yeah. the, of the fortress. And Everybody's he standing in the fortress he, yard, yes. And he's like, the sword's gone. <laughs> Who but could Panther have it? Panther already knows that because Will is standing in front of him with the sword. She's fucking yelling at him like, why did you give this to Mumra? She's like super she, upset. She's like, why did you? I know your plan. You gave this to the mutants so they could defeat us. And the mutants show up and they're like, you must bend to Mumra's will at last. And Lionel's screaming from <laughs> screaming on the porch. Never. And Chitara's like, do we need the tank? Because I got this out of the garage. Right. And we're all just standing around yelling at each other now. Are we going somewhere? What's going to happen? And then uh, what we don't see is all of the Thundercats politely agreeing to be captured. They're like, yeah, I guess <laughs> yes. you got us. You got that one sword? Well, what else are we going to do? We got the nunchucks. That's it. So please put so us in we- our own fucking jail. <laughs> And the warrior maidens are playing along. They're either they playing along on the team of the mutants, know, or they're playing like this is so unclear. What's hap- what? Where the warrior maidens actually? Where their loyalties lie? You assume they're with the Thundercats, but yeah. they're they're going through the motions like they're on Team Mutant. They could stop it this never, at any time. Like all they have to exactly. do is not capture everybody and give them the sword back. <laughs> right. Also, so is this we, the only sword that exists? Because <gasps> people are really acting like this is the only weapon on the planet. Yes. Uh, that and the nunchucks. That and the nunchucks. So now we approach the inmost cave. So it's 50% of the weapons of the planet are this sort. <laughs> so we approach the inmost cave, which is um, a prison within the fortress of the Thundercats HQ. Remember that uh, Tigra built this. So he yeah. built this impenetrable room. There's no way out. Yep. Panthro, Chitara, and Lionel are imprisoned within this room. Somebody um, Tigra has the is not unmitigated cat gall to say, I think something's up with Tigra. <laughs> right. <laughs> My question is, where is Wily Cat and Snuffleupagus in all of this? Snarf, Wily where? Cat, and Wily Kid. Look, Snarf has been through a lot. Please, let's just leave him alone. <laughs> where? Where are they, though? Because I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to break them out because they weren't captured. But no, we just don't see them again. There wasn't enough time to animate all of them. They're just on the other side of the the cat prison that you can't see. So outside the fortress in the yard, uh, Mumra is gloating. Tiger asks for more fruit because, of course, he does. Still Um, referring to him as Silky, by the way. He's still like, Silky, can I get some more fruit? Yeah. But Mumra has the same reaction that some old woman does, which mm. is like, what could you possibly offer me now? I have I have it all. Yeah. And then Tigra says, you will never have it all as long as Lion-O lives. And I was like, damn, that's pretty dark, stoned Tigra. Here's the thing, you, though. You, you basically said you should go kill Lion-O if you really want to be happy. That is dark. Here's the thing. Why does Tigra have to say that? You would think that Mumra is like, finally, I've got them captured. Right, let's just murder them all. Let's not, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put them in jail, and then let's all go outside to talk about how great we did. 
because I've got the sword, and that's apparently what I really wanted. So now they're in there, and I've got the sword, and yeah. Will is here, oh, and we're friends now. Bring so that, bring that, oh no, wait, I'm, bring that junkie that couldn't be of any use to me. Bring him with <laughs> us. Right. So Mumra's like, great new plan for the afternoon. Willa, prepare yourself for battle. We're going to do like a gladiator style thing. Yeah. And then he gives Tiger more fruit, which Tiger can't figure out how to eat. It's very sad. Did you see this? It's animation. Andy, it's animation. Yeah, I And he does is. the stage thing. He does the stage thing where he goes, num, 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 two inches from the piece of fruit. What? Like his mouth never touches the piece of fruit. Okay. It's it's animation. Just I don't, animate him eating it. Yeah, why are you doing? Why why is he moving his I mouth? I don't understand what's happening from this point out. I don't like. I have too many questions to be answered in the history of our <laughs> podcast. Why is there a gladiator set up? Why does he <laughs> not eat the fruit? Why does he seem to be fine in the next thing? Why has Will been on their side the whole time? Why isn't there a PSA in this whole thing? Why is anybody ever blaming Tigra for his you know addiction? It's fine. Oh, also, twist. Panthro has a surveillance frisbee. Why did he use he a surveillance sent, frisbee? That's another question. He that has got. sent out, and that has recorded this entire conversation. And so then the surveillance frisbee flies back into the prison, which has a window, and he and it plays it back for the other Thundercats. So now they are caught up on the fact that Tigra is under Mumra's control. Done. And now we have the supreme ordeal. <sighs> I'll say. Okay. Okay, deep breath. So, we go to some sort of gladiator arena that exists on Third Earth. Uh-huh. Mumra wants to watch Willa kill Lion-O, gladiator style, so he sets it all up, and everybody's there, and the mutants are there, and all the other Thundercats are there to watch, I guess. And we are to um, assume that, that Tigra is still all hopped up on fruit balls. We have no reason to think that Tigra has come to his senses. Nope. However... Huh? In, we find out after this has all begun and Mumra sits back to enjoy this uh, moment of his ultimate victory, the Tiger is in fact not under He's Mumra's cool. control anymore. Yeah. And the Warrior Maidens and the Thundercats are now in cahoots, which we never saw get set up no. in any way. Mm-mm. We never even saw like coded glances exchanged across the yard. So Willa throws the Eye of Thundera, throws the dagger to Lion-O, and now it's game on, and there's just a long fight sequence, a la He-Man, mutants versus Thundercats and Warrior Maidens. The Warrior Maidens don't actually fight so no. much as get pushed out of the That's way That's what a I lot. put here. lion moves Willa out of the way 100 times. He's like, let me move you <laughs> yes. out of the way from the lightning, let me move you out of the way from that guy with the, the other like, dagger. hey, you remember? Also- remember when the Warrior Maidens captured... Panthero and uh, Tigra with no problem with whatsoever. Nothing. Take a fight. Just let them fight. But now they're girls. What about those two mole men had daggers on them? What Daggers must be like mole people have daggers. <laughs> mole people who can't mole people have daggers. You're saying you can't rummage up a, a, a hunk of steel and sharpen a little bit? Dumb everybody. Everybody's dumb. <laughs> dumb everybody. So that's that's the Supreme Ordeal, yeah. this big fight. Guess who wins? It's, it's the Thundercats. It's not, the Thundercats win. I'll tell the you, who, you know who loses? For Us, this the audience. Us. We lose. So the mutants disappear for this episode. They do the classic thing of like getting punched up into the sky sure. and they fly away. Yep. But as we know from Wikipedia, uh, no one on this planet can actually die. No. So now we return to the ordinary world. Act three of the hero's journey. 
And we have a resurrection, which we have not, which we don't usually have. We usually skip right to putting the ordinary world back together. Mm -hmm. But we have a bit of a resurrection here, um, which is a point in the hero's journey where the hero has to be cleansed before he can enter, re-enter the ordinary world. Sure. So that takes the form of um, Tigra making amends and apologizing to everybody or trying to. He says, obviously, I have a lot to apologize for. And Panthro immediately goes, that wasn't you, Tigra. That was some other person. We're just glad you had the strength to pull yourself out of it in time, which is like, first of all, we missed that whole scene or moment or whatever he came to. Like, we missed all that. Yeah, that's all done. We're now told to attribute that to, like, personal fortitude, Mm -hmm. but we didn't see that. And secondly, this is the worst message to send if this truly is an anti-drug thing, which is that you're not responsible for anything that you do while on drugs because it's some other person. But if you can't kick your addiction to drugs... That's because you're not strong enough. Yes. So you're both you're both totally not to blame for anything bad that might happen, but you are to blame if you can't get out from under the weight of the right. addiction. This is written by it's somebody who the- had like a sleazy junkie brother or something like that who's like, ugh. Just has like a, a ton of prejudice about people who are addicted to chemical substances. It's also not like at least in the at least in the he-Man episode, the Some Old Woman episode, when mm-hmm. the old lady shows up, the drugs solve a problem for that character who's right. like, I wish I were brave. I wish I were strong. I wish I weren't so afraid. People get hurt because I'm so afraid. And then this woman shows up and she's like, look, I have a thing that will help you fix right. your problem. So then at the end, someone can be like, hey, you know, chemical substances can't help you fix your problems. You have to fix them on your yeah. own. We don't get any sort of setup for this, and now it's sort of like, how am I supposed to, as a child, tie this into any way, anything that applies to my life? This is a, a, my, very much akin to our very first episode where somebody spikes Steve Urkel's drink. Somebody's just like, hey, eat this fruit and relax yeah, for a second. eat this goofy fruit. And it's like, oh, it looks like this fruit's made of nothing but mescaline. And so he, <laughs> he eats it. And... You know, but he didn't know. He thought he was just eating some fucking fruit. He's already drugged up a bit before he even accepted. So it's not even his fault that he took the fruit. Yeah. And as a as a child, unless a sentient plant approaches me with goofy fruit, how do I know to avoid it? Yeah. How do I know what this will look like in my real life or like what lesson I am to learn from this? Although if so, if it you know, if a plant does try to give you drugs, now you know. Yeah. So the the line that ends with healing the community is, as so often happens, it, we know we're back in the ordinary world because someone makes a joke and we all laugh. So Lionel admits, though I knew the sword couldn't be used against me, I was still really scared. And they all laugh. And I wrote, what? Because like, Snarf, Snarf says, were what? you afraid? And he's like, no, something about some prophecy. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, I wasn't scared. I was just afraid. And everybody's like, that's, that's pretty good, Lionel. Should we get this yeah, guy well, some says, counseling or something, though? He says, Tigra reminded me that the sword couldn't be used against sure. me, which that is the line. Tigra does yell that during that fight sequence. That's the moment where you're like, wait, he's okay now? What? When did he wake up yeah. from this drug trance? Um, so that's how we know that the world of Thundercats is back uh, on its axis, because we all laugh at Lino's joke. But um, the thing that bothers me besides every moment of this episode Mm -hmm. is that if you're trying to make any point at all about resisting the temptation to solve your problems through 
taking drugs. You have to first set up a problem, then you have to temporarily solve it, and then you have to drive it home and being like, hey, you have to face your problems head on. Like, yeah. this is the basic three-prong format of every anti-drug, almost every anti-drug, very special episode we have ever watched. Right. And this thing is just like... If a plant offers you sparkly fruit, it's probably actually a worm that's probably actually a mummy, and you shouldn't eat it because then you'll have to do its bidding. But how many cases, Chelsea, uh, have you heard of kids eating fruit after following sparkly slimed worms? How many? How many? No, just a simple number will do, Chelsea. How many cases of those have you heard? You know what? I've heard of zero cases well, since looks like 1985. This TV episode done its Before job. 1985, it was a big problem. It was huge. But now, since September 19th, 1985, I have never heard a case of that go. happening. So you are right. Looks like this this just moved in the get out of the way that one family ties <laughs> episode. This is now the best one we've ever done. It did its work and it did it well. We did we peaked way too early with relevancy in in the episodes that we've covered like yeah, we, did we that. should do another punky brewster that's yeah a lot of those are good there are no good i'm ones. just you know we've done some some good ones i don't think anyone has ever gotten to the level of that family ties uncle it arthur was so nuanced it was so it's nuanced good. and every every way that those writers could have given themselves an easy out oh. from that really dark subject matter they didn't take it they addressed but, it and they were like no we're not gonna give it it was just so good go back and nuanced. listen to episode eight everyone if you want to listen to <laughs> us being the most impressed by a writer's room that we have been on this show so Truly. far but um, you know so far because chelsea i'm 100 percent if i haven't mentioned it this episode or last episode we're going to be looking at season four of Different Strokes this season, and that shit's bonker bananas balls. <laughs> that shit makes you think that you're flying and invisible leaves have sprouted on you because it's nonsense. It's a real Fruit Loop situation. All sure. right, who did you uh, who'd you want to hug? Uh, Chitara, but that's just you know since I first started watching the show because she has boobs. Does she? I didn't notice. Uh-huh. I gave her a once over all the way up and down. <laughs> but uh, she's no Kelly Kapowski, if you know what I'm saying. No, no one is. No one is. Uh, um, I didn't want to hug anybody in this, so I'll default to Chitara because, you know, you should. I, I need to know if I'm going to end up being a, a Tiger King in my advanced age. I should get that out <laughs> sure. of the way. I should be like, okay, this didn't awaken anything in me. Thank goodness. Chitara but, also seems to not have much to do. She probably is always entering a room and being like, do y'all need me? Can I just go? No one ever involves me in anything, and I just wish I lived on a different planet. So I want to hug her go as well. Practice my sexy acrobatics somewhere. He's like, at one point, Lion was like, "Go get the tank," and then she shows up at the tank, and he's like, "Never mind, it's a whole." Why did you week. bring the tank, dummy? Yeah, they gaslight <laughs> yeah. Chitara a lot. I think we call Chitara. We can safely call her long suffering, the most long suffering <laughs> Thundercat. Um, yeah. What did you learn? Uh, here's what I learned. Uh, legitimately learned something on this one. Based oh. on this episode and just an old woman, a classic mistake, uh, as classic as the these two drugs are free and then the third one you have to start paying for. Right. As classic as that is, the greatest hubris a drug dealer can face is saying, I got what I need from you, druggie. Why would I need to give you more drugs? Just keep giving them drugs until you are 100% done with everything you need to do. 
because the <laughs> second that they sober up, they are going to try to get some sort of revenge or prove themselves or overcome yep. something or have a supreme ordeal. Whatever. Keep them drugged up. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, well, I learned that He-Man and uh, the Thundercats might as well have done a crossover on this episode. Might as well. If you want to watch a series that makes you think the thought and mean it, wow, He-Man really handled this better. <laughs> hey, then have you, you should of- watch Thundercats. Hey, I feel like we could do, let's start doing uh, quarantine promos for things. Hey, <laughs> did you run out of hardcore fucking drugs? <laughs> Thundercats. <laughs> hey, you squabbling with your wife or husband? Tiger King. <laughs> hey, you need to learn how to feed someone you don't want to be married to anymore to a large cat? Tiger King. Tiger King. Hey, you want to hear a guy go, what's under that septic tank, Carol? <laughs> For three solid fucking hours? Just dig up the septic tank, Carol. That's all we want to see. No, uh, can I fucking... tell you, when I, can I tell you one of my favorite parts of Tiger King? By is, all means. Is when they're at, Joe, Joe Exotic and his henchmen go to Big Cat Rescue. Yes. And they're wandering mm-hmm. around and they see a white cross in the ground, which is probably the grave of an animal, a rational person would think. But they immediately uh-huh. are like, I bet he's buried right there. I bet oh, that is her husband. Like this woman pulled off the perfect crime and then stuck a big old cross in the ground right where she hid the body. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't dig here, the sign says. Right. <laughs> Don't dig here. No corpses. <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing is what I'm sure will be on the internet if it's not on the internet. And if I don't put it on the internet, the back-to-back uh, sound clips from Carol Baskin. Carol Baskins. Um, I can't, I can barely say her name as a human being without going, goddamn <laughs> Carol Baskins. Um, the, the back-to-back clips of Carol talking about uh, Joe Exotic... First, she's talking about Joe Exotic getting rid of tigers, and then she's talking about Joe Exotic uh, getting attacked by a tiger. And she says, if you want to get rid of something that big, you need a lot of help. And you definitely need people who you have dirt on, who don't want that dirt exposed. And then later on, she's like, if you want a tiger to eat, you got to rub a rub." Uh, uh, what's sardine, the sardine oil. Sardine oil all over it, or else they're not, gonna, they're not going to bite. And I'm like... <laughs> Does this exhibit A and B? Can that just be what we do? All right. Um, so, folks, by all means, definitely watch Tiger King. And if you have time, Thundercat. Uh, <laughs> or both of them, really. They're yeah. The same, if you want. Same basic story. If you need a vaguely sexual uh, big cat worshiping cult, you can get your fix one of two ways. Uh, the way the rest of America has gotten it, or the way that Andy and I have thrown ourselves on this uh, grenade for you. Um, to recap, but man, this show was awful. Chelsea, I'm going to use my quarantine time to cut audio of Tiger King <laughs> into Thundercats. So Mumra's going to be Joe Exotic. Can't wait. I'm just going to be like, God damn, Lino. <laughs> Listen. Listen, here, mutants, you watch any of that pornography? You like penises in the pornography? Well, you get that straight, are you? Now all five of us are going to get married. <laughs> And then Carol Baskins can be Willa. I don't know. I'm just I'm shooting off the top of my head here. 
All right, we got to wrap this up. We're clearly <laughs> we we're clearly do. insane now. Uh, okay, so thank you very much, everyone, for joining us again. Uh, we'll be back. We will be back next week uh, with another crazy out of bounds episode. Uh, so join us at that point, and we will see you then. Bring snacks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks!